It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Atmospheric rivers, high-pressure heat domes, polar vortexes, bombogenesis, flash drought, flash freeze, flash flooding, anyone that has to any degree observed weather patterns on satellite in decades past should easily recognize that there is now no longer any weather or storm patterns that would fit into the category of being called historically normal. First headline, please follow me through this summary before deciding where I'm going with this. The deception of matrix media runs deep indeed. First, this from the LA Times. Monster storm forecast worsens for LA and Orange County. The danger zones, the forecasts, the warnings. The report says National Weather Service now warns of a, quote, locally catastrophic and life-threatening flooding scenario. Next, this. Deadly California storm triggers flooding, mudslides, power outages. That's from Reuters. And this, hundreds of mudslides ravaged Los Angeles amid California's historic storm. That's the UK Independent. From the Daily Mail UK, deadly storm pummeling California with more than a foot of rain threatens to burst banks of LA River after killing three across state as flash floods rip through Malibu and cause more than 120 mudslides putting homes on red alert. They say a lethal Pacific storm, the second, quote, Pineapple Express in under a week. Let's stop there for a moment. First, for the record, the three reported fatalities were all in Northern California, not Southern California, and all from falling trees, not flooding. Also, for the record, many more trees are now toppling due to their root systems dying from below ground. And this is a, a direct consequence of climate engineering contamination fallout coming down in precipitation, starting with aluminum nanoparticles, which peer-reviewed study proves causes trees to shut down nutrient uptake. And this also fueling soil microbial die-off and thus, again, tree root dieback, along with everything else that grows or is trying to grow in our now completely contaminated soils. Back to the hyped California storms. One in 1,000 year rain event, state of emergency due to floods, mudslides in California. That's from USA Today. Question, does that headline make it sound like the entire state got deluged? Not even close. Consider this. If the damage was so widespread, why did Matrix Media keep showing the same select few damage zones from dozens of different angles? This is the exact same tactic that Matrix Media has utilized in previous years with so-called rainpocalypse and theatrically named snowmageddon scenarios. And again, for the record, our forests are dying faster than ever before, not only in spite of the precipitation, but as already covered because of the precipitation. It's contaminated every single drop of rain from the North Pole to the South Pole to the top of Mount Everest. Not my opinion, not theory, not conjecture. Peer-reviewed science study proven. Again, about the sensationalized coverage on Matrix Media, manipulated flows of atmospheric moisture impacted targeted regions, which are then utilized for crafting the official narrative. So if all of this and so much more on the weather mayhem front isn't just nature behaving badly, is there much more to the story? Short answer, yes. 
This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political global alert news report. The end of the world as we know it, literally, broadcast. Brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must, reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on the climate engineering issue that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate engineering operations. About controlling the rain, first, let's rewind. Investigate Operation Popeye, the U.S. military weather warfare operations in Vietnam almost 60 years ago, operations that effectively controlled the flow of rain over Vietnam so successfully that by the mid-70s, there were in-mod treaties passed, environmental modification treaties forbidding weather manipulation in wartime. So this question needs to be asked. How far has this technology advanced since then? And if you think that those who control the military-industrial complex care any more about the U.S. population than they do about other regions and populations that are currently being carpet-bombed into oblivion, think again. The U.S. population isn't only expendable to those in power. They are a rapidly increasing liability. Why? Because much of the U.S. population is armed, and unfortunately, feels entitled to a paradigm of consumption that can no longer be maintained, a combination that will inevitably, in the near term, lead to chaos and carnage. Those in power know what's coming, as they should. They bear the most responsibility for plotting our current course of certain near-term extinction. That's not an opinion or theory or conjecture. It's a statistical trajectory. That is the course we are on. Here's a bit more on what occurred in California this week from AccuWeather.com. Over 300 mudslides, that's what this report says, in California as deadly storm damage may reach 11 billion. AccuWeather then states, an atmospheric river unleashed record rainfall in California causing over 100 mudslides. Wait, in the same headline, AccuWeather first states there were over 300 mudslides and in the next sentence only 100? Which was it and why can't they get their story straight? Or should I say, their script. Other mainstream media sources says there were 500 mudslides. Can't they get their script on the same page for everyone? Seems not. A quick side note. This week, there was 40 degree frozen material, or material falling at 40 degrees from the sky, at my wilderness home location on the east side of Lake Shasta, Northern California. It was Wednesday, I believe. And there's more. Dozens of locations across the western U.S. showed the same this week. Frozen material falling at far above freezing temperatures, up to 45 degrees in some locations. Just nature? No. Patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding, often followed by flash surface cooldowns. The longer this process is continued, temperatures on the surface drop precipitously. It's a kind of chemical cold that can feel very unnatural, only because it is. About chemical ice nucleation and the unimaginable cruelty it inflicts, not just on us, but on the entire web of life. This week, a video was sent to me of a motorist that stopped to assist a direly struggling deer in a chemical ice nucleation frozen material zone. The deer's entire head was encased in a cocoon of ice. It couldn't see. It was having great difficulty even breathing. It was staggering about in a daze. 
The compassionate traveler was able to restrain the suffering deer and, with considerable effort, managed to remove the frozen crust from the deer's head. The deer then ran free across the frozen field, but for how long? Chemically nucleated so-called snow comes in many forms and shapes. It has a propensity to flash freeze itself to surfaces, including animals, including this poor deer's head, face, and eyes. Here's another far more shocking example of the extreme and horrifying carnage this can create. In early October, actually October 5th, 2013, up to 100,000 cold-hardy cattle died in a freak flash snowstorm in South Dakota. The frozen material began to fall at 40 degree temperatures. This material, as already stated, flash freezes and thus sticks to faces, snouts, and nostrils. If a cow can't breathe through their nose, they die. And so they did. At the same time that this horrible event was unfolding, an early October freak snowstorm that started at 40 degrees, it was 85 degrees and raining in Chicago. It was 89 degrees and raining in Kansas City. I recorded these maps before they were scrubbed from the internet. They're on some of my presentations. Ask yourself how it's even remotely possible that there could be a freak snowstorm that left up to 100,000 cows dead in early October. Answer, it isn't possible, not naturally. It's not possible without chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. And two days after this event, 100,000 cattle lay dead in the mud. The chemically frozen material, they now call snow, was long gone. Here's a headline from this window of time that I just described from CBS News. 100,000 cattle feared dead after early South Dakota snowstorm. There's many other headlines from that event available online. It's not hard to research. I contacted the South Dakota Ranchers Association. I attempted to prompt an investigation into the issue, and they didn't want to hear it. Ignorance is bliss, as the proverb goes. And there is the extremely cold-hardy alpacas to consider. Freezing to death in South America over recent years, tens of thousands of them, not just a single event. The processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding is hard science, patented, fully admitted to by the Chinese government. Search Chinese scientists create artificial snowstorm. Many mainstream sources covered it. But if you bring that subject up here, you're instantly marginalized. How many, at the first attempt of being told the truth they don't want to hear, immediately spit out the power structure program term conspiracy theorist, which is, of course, the final fallback of the factless and the fearful. That's what that term is all about. People who don't think, but just respond without ever even bothering to consider investigating. And for the record, please don't believe me on anything I report on this broadcast. Please just investigate for yourself. That's all I'm asking for. It's all I've ever asked for. Investigate as if our lives depended on it because in fact they do. A final note, on this rant. Forgive me, but how many of the organizations that constantly advertise to raise funds for stopping animal cruelty or the plethora of childhood diseases and cancers, how many from these organizations are willing to face and acknowledge what's taking place in our skies and its connection to everything I've just outlined? If we don't deal with the climate intervention operations and the long list of threats they pose for all of us in the entire web of life, far sooner than almost any dare to imagine, all other causes and concerns will be moot. Ponder that. 
More new headlines. This from Bloomberg. A warning of floods and firestorms. California floods and Chile fires are just the beginning because Chile in South America is incinerating. The report then states Earth has warmed by only about 1.2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial averages. Every tenth of a degree, the report says, of increase will multiply the damage drastically. That sounds bad. But unfortunately, reality is far worse. Unfiltered frontline temperature data indicates we are likely past 3.5 degrees C of warming now, already. That's warming above, again, pre-industrial baselines. And every single chemically engineered winter weather mayhem event is used to skew the data. It's used to mask how warm it really is, the shallow surface cooldown, which comes at the cost of an even worse overall warming. Of course, governments all over the world are colluding and cooperating on climate engineering from behind the curtain in a desperate and unimaginably dangerous attempt to mask the severity and immediacy of what's unfolding. Does anyone actually believe they would ask for our permission first? Really? Did they ask our permission to detonate 2,400 nuclear bombs all over the world, including in the magnetosphere, which is still damaged to this day from those experiments? Governments don't want their populations to panic, but here's the paradox. Every single climate engineering operation that is carried out, including the engineered winter weather operations, as I already stated, come at the cost of an even more damaged planet and an even worse overall warming. Further, these operations are routinely being used as a weapon of war. Agricultural regions are being consistently hit with flash everything. Droughts, floods, freezes, massive hailstorms with massive hailstones, both a hallmark of chemical ice nucleation operations. Yes, as former U.S. President Lyndon Baines Johnson stated all the way back in 1962, quote, he who controls the weather controls the world. Climate engineering is the crown jewel covert weapon of the controllers, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees and then blame it on nature. Back to the Bloomberg headlines about extreme floods and firestorms being, quote, just the beginning. What does Bloomberg know that we don't know? Are they telling us what the scheduled weather is actually going to be? You decide. Moving on from MarcoPress.com. Heat wave grips Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, Paraguay, and Brazil. First, there was this headline from Fox News this week. 46 reported dead in Chile as forest fires move into densely populated central areas. In a nationally televised address, President Gabriel Boric warned that the death toll could worsen as four large fires burn in the region. Then this from BBC. Chile wildfires, hundreds missing as thousands of homes burn. And then this from CNN. More than 120 killed by raging wildfires in Chile. As authorities warn, death toll will rise. For the record, it already has since this recent headline. How many in the U.S. even know about what's happening in Chile? Aerial photos of the urban incinerations look eerily like scenes from the Lahaina blazes, like towns and cars were hit with a massive blowtorch. Firestorms fueled by extreme surface winds, fueled by incendiary nanoparticles that are cascading down through the air column, fueled by extreme drought scenarios created beforehand. The climate engineers control the spigot, the flow of rain. Never forget that. That's historical fact. It's science fact for anyone that chooses to investigate these operations and what they can do. And again, there are the dying and dead forests, a consequence of all the above. 
everything that I've covered in so many broadcasts, I have monitored the die-off of forests around the globe that's accelerating by the day. Chile has declared a state of emergency from the UK Guardian. Like a war zone, Chilean wildfire death toll reaches 123 amid race to clear rubble. Death count for Chile's worst natural disaster, they say in years, it's unprecedented there. They always give some former examples, so you think, oh, it's happened before, so it can't be that bad. That's a typical tactic of the power structure. As official two-day mourning period begins, again, this headline, like a war zone as if a bomb went off, said Jacqueline Atena, 63, who fled her home. It burned like someone was throwing gasoline on the houses, she said. I don't understand what happened. There was a lot of wind, a lot of wind and big balls of fire that would fly by, end quote. Look at the images, as already stated, eerily like Lahaina. And in Africa, from Sky News Australia, that's the news source, South Africa devastated by wildfires. We don't hear anything about that here, do we, while we're watching scripted political idiocy day in and day out on the matrix media weapon of mass distraction and division. And about Australia, more firestorm devastation likely coming soon. Search the engineering wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. You won't like what you learn. From flash floods to freak firestorms, what key puzzle piece are we not being told about? Keep looking up. Connect the dots. Time is rapidly running out. Forgive me for again asking this question. How many stop to ponder what happened to our formerly deep blue skies? And now it seems at best we get a so-called forecast of, quote, mostly sunny, a sky tainted with geoengineering jet-sprayed filth. And how do the so-called forecasters know such days are coming, often a week in advance? Because they're literally reading the scheduled weather script passed down from geoengineering contractors and patent holders like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, along with the U.S. government-held patents. And... Raytheon and Lockheed Martin do all the modeling for the nation's weathermen, National Weather Service and NOAA, and that's where the scripts come down through to reach local meteorologists. And for the record, for those that don't know, we have many new listeners on our radio broadcasts throughout the U.S. The U.S. National Weather Service and National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration have illegal federal gag orders on them. Why in the world would our government feel the need to gag the nation's weathermen if they didn't have something very, very big to hide? How many take the time to notice that skies and TV commercials, even the ones that are in some way featuring the great outdoors, now almost always have featureless white skies in the background? Welcome to Solar Radiation Management, a.k.a. Stratospheric Aerosol Injection. So... How routine is controlling the rain, even for small startup companies, let alone gargantuan entities like the U.S. military juggernaut of destruction? Here's how routine controlling the rain actually is from Discover Magazine. Cloud seeding guarantees perfect wedding weather. From the U.K. Guardian, company offers rain-free wedding days for 100,000 euros. And this, Beijing guarantees great Olympic weather. That was from ABC News. Many remember that. And yet, it's still questioned here by those who refuse to believe no matter how much proof they are given. How long has the technology existed to control the flow of rain? Here's an example from almost 60 years ago. 
though patents for such processes go back far further. Operation Popeye, again Vietnam. The chemical weather modification program was conducted from Thailand over Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam and allegedly sponsored by the Secretary of State Henry Kissinger and the CIA without the authorization of then-Secretary of Defense Melvin Laird, who had categorically denied to Congress that a program for modification of the weather for use as a tactical weapon even existed. Just deny it and pretend it isn't so, even though we can see it above us day in, day out. Controlling the flow of precipitation, again, includes the frozen kind, a.k.a. engineering winter from warmth, with patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. Engineering flash surface chemical cooldowns is a core component of climate intervention operations. Doing so helps to keep populations completely confused and divided regarding the true state of the global climate on which all of our lives completely depend. With that in mind... Regarding the chemical ice nucleation weather whiplash from AccuWeather this week, pre-Valentine's Day snowstorm possible as weather pattern flips in northeastern U.S. From the report, it may be time to dust off your snow shovels as a flip in the weather pattern could send a snowstorm over parts of the Midwest and Northeast just days after a spell of unusual warmth. No, it wasn't unusual warmth. It was record-shattering warmth. And they downplay the superheating planet in many ways. But if it's cold, you hear the same narrative everywhere. Lethal cold, deathly cold, all these very descriptive adjectives, everybody singing from the same script. But yet, if it's record warm, it's just unusual warmth. And let's not forget the theatrically named engineered winter storms, now often originating straight out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico, so-called winter storms with the warm side since when? That's how it is now. Here's the winter storm name list so far this season. First, winter storm Archer, Bryson, Kate, Donovan, Ember, Finn, Jerry, Heather, Indigo, Jarvis, and now Caden. The list goes on. And this is how they make a bigger impression with their engineered winter mayhem. Name the storm, theaterize it. And that's what they do. And did I mention the surfactant part of the climate engineering fallout? Anyone see the recent images of extreme sea foam along the California shores? There are far more shocking images online from around the world. Surfactants are what makes soap soap. And they are used in the climate engineering operations to help prevent particle coagulation. Translation, to keep the nanoparticles from sticking together after being dispersed from the aircraft. Thus, we on the surface... In addition to breathing a long list of toxic heavy metal elements and other particles like polymer fibers, we also get to breathe surfactants. And when these surfactants settle down to the sea surface, massive seafoam events occur. Though the so-called climate science community explains it away on all sorts of other causes, just like they do the lasting, lingering, spreading, jet-sprayed particulates that they claim is just condensation and condensation simply does not do that do you have a car running in a cold region for a few minutes with the condensation coming out of the exhaust pipe do you see a cloud forming over that car really do you see researchers in antarctica whose breath condenses do you see a cloud forming over their head no this is sprayed particulate dispersions as film footage proves. Film footage at geoengineeringwatch.org. Search the jet spraying section and you will see film footage up close at altitude of aircraft with nozzles visible turning on and off. End of argument. End of discussion. It's spray. Period. 
And the foaming runoff includes rain. How many have seen foam running down gutters and streets? And the, of course, super slick surfactant soaked snow. Incredibly difficult and dangerous to drive in. Extreme weather whiplash. All just another day in the planetary asylum. And that's what they're telling us is coming now. A flip in the weather from record warm to snow again. From the UK Guardian, world not prepared for climate disasters after warmest January ever. But the Guardian report states, we can still limit the extent to which extremes get worse if we urgently reduce greenhouse gas emissions to net zero. Uh, let's stop there. Total deception. For the record, if every single form of human activity was stopped today, extremely near-term impact and collapse is a given. The momentum of biosphere implosion can't be stopped, let alone reversed, in any time frame that matters. And what's that mean? 10 years, 20 years, 100 years? No. It means that what we've done to the planet, based on past paleo events, if you stopped all human activity now, could take 10 to 20 million years to right itself to what we had before. The planet we've known is done. It's gone. It's not coming back. Now we're fighting for someone to make it through what's coming. We're back to this example. A car going 100 miles an hour, 10 feet from impact into a concrete wall. You can hit the brakes as hard as you want. Impact is certain. Does this mean that we should sit down and do nothing? Absolutely not. Stay tuned for more on that subject. From CNBC... Insurers such as State Farm and Allstate are leaving fire and flood prone areas. Home values could take a hit. For the record, home values are the least of our problems. Food, water, and shelter will be at the top of the list of necessities and commodities far sooner than almost any dare to imagine. Next, this. New from Axios.com. January was the ninth straight warmest month on record. Early data shows. This is extremely dire. Let's put this into context. That is nine record hot months overall globally in a row with each month breaking the previous month's record. Houston, we have a problem. From phys.org, world sees first 12 months above 1.5 degrees C warming level, climate monitor. Earth has endured a total of 12 consecutive months of temperatures above 1.5 see hotter than pre-industrial era for the first time on record. Europe's climate monitor said, this is Thursday of this week, scientists called a warning to humanity. Again, uncensored frontline temperature data indicates we are past 3.5 C, not 1.5. We're now in completely uncharted territory with countless forms of human activity making it worse by the day with climate engineering operations at the top of that list. Next, more updated reports of it's way worse than we thought. From stanford.edu, currently stable parts of East Antarctica may be closer to melting than anyone realized. That's the headline. Wait, no one realized it? It's exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record for a decade and a half. We realized it. Why didn't the so-called climate science community tell the truth sooner? Because their paychecks and pensions depend on them doing and saying what they're told until the truth can no longer be hidden. And that time is unfolding now, as I said it would, for many years. The Stanford report continues. Stanford researchers have found large thawed or close to thawed areas under coastal portions of the ice that hold back glaciers in the Wilkes subglacial basin. The Stanford researchers have shown that the Wilkes subglacial basin in East Antarctica, which holds enough ice to raise global sea levels by more than 10 feet, could be closer to runaway melting than anyone realized. As I have warned on the record 
for a decade and a half. But things can't really be that bad, right? The stock market hit a new record high again this week. And anyway, who needs a functional environment? We have Walmart, McDonald's, and, and now Chick-fil-A. Though things are looking pretty grim for the chickens, by the way. Stay tuned. Terminal diagnosis for the human race. Back to the totally unsustainable economic house of cards from CNBC. Credit card delinquencies surged in 2023, indicating, quote, financial stress. You think? That's from the New York Fed. Credit card delinquencies surged more than 50% in 2023 as total consumer debt swelled to $17.5 trillion. Delinquencies also rose in mortgages, auto loans, and the, quote, other category. Yes, there's the real story. And always remember the bottom line is biosphere collapse. It's already in advanced stages. If you don't believe it, you will. So what do empires do when they desperately need resources to maintain their hegemonic grip on power? They take the resources from whoever has them. The following data was published in 2022 by the Congressional Research Service, CRS, in a document titled Instances of Use of United States Armed Forces Abroad from 1798 to 2022. U.S. launched 251 military interventions since 1991 and 469 since 1798. Think about that. Who's in everybody else's border or backyard? The U.S. Empire. And we have the audacity to claim that we're the beacon of freedom and democracy? Go to some other country that has been invaded or occupied and see what they say by not just the U.S., but its allies and some of its allies that seem to control this country. Empire, imperialism, inequity, war, America's United States, Newswire, U.S. military. Those are some of the headings here. The United States launched at least 251 military interventions between 1991 and 2022. This is according, again, to a report by the Congressional Research Service, a U.S. government institution that compiles information on behalf of Congress. The report documented another 218 U.S. military interventions between 1798 and 1990. That makes for a total of 469 U.S. military interventions since 1798 that have been acknowledged by Congress. The list of countries targeted by the U.S. military includes the vast majority of nations on Earth, including almost every single country in Latin America and the Caribbean and most of the African continent. From the beginning of 1991 to the beginning of 2004, before the U.S. military launched 100 interventions, according to CRS. That number grew to 200 military interventions between 1991 and 218. The report shows that since the end of the first Cold War in 1991, at the moment of U.S. unipolar hegemony, the number of Washington military interventions abroad substantially increased. Why would we think otherwise? It's important to stress that all of these numbers though high they already are, are conservative estimates because they don't include U.S. special operations, covert actions, or domestic deployments. The report likewise excludes the deployment of the U.S. military forces against indigenous people when they were systematically, ethnically cleansed in the violent process of westward settler colonial expansion, a list that would have included my ancestors, the Choctaw. There's more. The military 
Intervention Project at Tufts University Center for Strategic Studies has documented even more foreign meddling by the U.S. military-industrial complex. Their data states that the U.S. has undertaken over 500 international military interventions since 1776, with nearly 60% undertaken between 1950 and 2017. And fully over one-third of these missions occurred after 1999. The Military Intervention Project added, With the end of the Cold War era, we would expect the U.S. to decrease its military interventions abroad, assuming lower threats and interests at stake. But these patterns reveal the opposite. The U.S. has increased its military involvement abroad. Should that come as any surprise? The USA, the indisputed global king of invasions and occupations for almost 250 years. How many times are we fed the false narrative that the United States is, quote, the leader of the free world, end quote? Really? Is there a, quote, free world anywhere in reality? Are we to believe that Joe Biden is in control of the, quote, free world? Are we to believe that Biden is or is even capable of being in charge of anything? Are we to believe that other scripted candidates for the election theater of the absurd would actually be put in charge either? Of anything that mattered? What an incredibly naive notion that is. Question, how would Americans take it if, for example, Iran had bases not just in Canada and Mexico and perhaps Hawaii, but even within the borders of the U.S.? But yet Iran, that hasn't invaded anyone for 250 years, is relentlessly demonized and put in the crosshairs of looming war. Are Iran's oil reserves a core motivation in this equation? You decide. And though I'm not a fan of Iran's government or Russia's or China's, it doesn't give the U.S. military juggernaut of insanity the right to wage war with everyone around the world in order to keep the resources flowing to the empire. If there's any intelligent life in the universe, and if they're watching the self-annihilating behavior of the human race and the controller's scripted political circus of the absurd constantly streaming on Matrix Media, would they not likely conclude that the human race is definitely doomed? Not just those that participate in the circus, but all those that are caught up in it. Those telling themselves that if only they could get their man or woman elected, we would all live happily ever after and could continue with endless consumption on a finite planet with already failing finite resources and, of course, a cast of the criminally insane running the whole show. Good luck with that. Change course or die, starting with stopping the climate intervention insanity. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 444, February 10th, 2024. God, has it been a long, almost 10 years for me in this particular broadcast and so many more that I do during the week, other interviews and this battle as a whole over 20 plus years, nonstop. I haven't left my workstation, nor will I, until we reach the end of wherever it is we're going. I will not abandon my post. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hours broadcast on stations across the U.S., AM and FM stations. We recently added eight more. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column and on the Dane Wigington YouTube channel. 
Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. Now with over 5 million views and still climbing. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a far bigger audience. How do we reach those that still aren't looking up? Here's one way. By starting the conversation with Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials, which can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. We have extremely high quality printed materials with shocking images, a picture's worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. We now have Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our Geoengineering Watch shirts. Shirt and hoodie photos are also on our homepage. We have scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. And again, reaching a critical mass of awareness on the climate engineering onslaught is the only way forward in this fight. Only then can we bring pressure to bear on those facilitating these programs. We need the population to understand that they are fighting for their lives because indeed they are. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out. If you're willing to share an image of yourself with a Geoengineering Watch t-shirt or hoodie in a crowded location, please send us your photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. And as always, this message of thanks to all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters. I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference. On to major problems. This is the bad news broadcast after all. So here's more bad news from malcontentnews.com. Ukrainian nuclear power plant is falling apart and the world is ignoring the danger. Leaks, power outages, low staffing, and no maintenance plan. Europe's largest nuke plant is falling apart. And let's not forget the ongoing Fukushima triple nuclear nightmare or Chernobyl where the sarcophagus is disintegrating and there's the other 442 nuke plants around the world. Future meltdowns coming to a location near you. Yes, the fun never stops in the planetary asylum, does it? In fact, the planetary meltdown is already in process even without the coming additional nuclear power plant problems and likely nuclear war from msn.com. U.S. weather, heat explosion to smash America in freak 20C winter heat wave. Heat explosion from the Gulf of Mexico will push temperatures to double the seasonal norm as weather maps turn from blue to searing crimson. Western regions will also see way above average temperatures throughout the coming days, according to weather experts. Of course, they'll throw in an engineered, theatrically named winter snowstorm here and there, thus keeping populations divided and confused as to the true severity of what's unfolding. Engineered weather whiplash is evermore the norm. And as far as the U.S. West, what they did was fire hose heavily nucleated moisture in, and that is scattered, although they concentrated some in, in key regions of Southern California. Much of that moisture was scattered and dispersed with aerosol 
particulate dispersions and frequency transmissions. So the western half of the U.S. ended up covered in very scattered precipitation, much of it frozen precipitation, at least temporarily, as you move further east, but very little fell. We had just the featureless skies and cloud cover and cool surface temperatures that will rebound back, back and forth. That's what weather whiplash is doing now with climate engineering operations wreaking havoc on the climate system. New from Newsweek, climate change may have already passed key limit, controversial study says. Yes, way past, which will become ever harder to hide in the coming weeks and months. And how often have I said this? How many times that the point of no return is far into the rearview mirror? Here's a parallel report from theconversation.com. A deeply troubling discovery. Earth may have already passed the crucial 1.5 C warming limit. This is simply smoke and mirrors at this point. We are so far past that stated limit. And a reminder of this report from late last year from psu.edu, that's Penn State University, climate-driven extreme heat may make parts of Earth too hot for humans. No, not may, already is. Wait and see. From Fox Weather, rare super El Nino arrives, but rapid collapse is beginning as La Nina watch issued. This report deserves consideration. It's a harbinger of just how much influence the totality of climate engineering can have on Earth systems. The geoengineers can alter surface wind flows, thus ocean currents, thus ocean surface temperatures, at least temporarily, and at huge cost to the planet overall. It appears they will again try to bottle up yet more heat in our already roasting and dying seas. And for the record, a cubic meter of seawater can contain up to 4,000 times the thermal energy as a cubic meter of air. The oceans are all that matters, and they are already at record-shattering temperatures globally and getting worse by the day. As I've stated in the past, we are hurtling toward what's known as Canfield Ocean. Look that one up. It does not bode well for the fate of our species. And about those warming seas from PNAS.org, Cat 6 hurricanes have arrived. Just change the scale when things get worse and nobody will care, right? Here's a question. Is Canada again being prepped for another summer of unprecedented forest firestorms? New from chek.news.ca. Quote, hugely concerning. Warm weather sets BC up for continued drought, says meteorologist. From that report, from bare ski hills to late morning dips in Victoria's George Waterway to flowers blooming in February. An early spring is upon Western Canada. It's great. It's fabulous, said Jim Farley, who lives in Greater Victoria. Really, Jim? Wait till summer. But despite dealing with weather whiplash from January's cold snap to now unseasonably high temperatures, it's not all petals and pretty things, the report stated. It's hugely concerning. That's a statement from Armel Castellan. He's a warning preparedness meteorologist with Environment Canada. He further said, there's few silver linings that I can see from wearing a t-shirt in January when it comes to this overall pattern, end quote. Coming off the heels of a multi-year drought, meteorologists are already concerned the warm weather may cause water scarcity in the summer and dry out the forest fire fuels much earlier than usual. Repeat of last year. They're prepping these forests to burn. That's likely exactly what they're going to do. And this related report on 
It's an ongoing update of how bad it already is in the middle of winter. From the VancouverSun.com, almost 90 active wildfires in northeast BC as drought lingers. During the summer of 2022, 60,000 hectares burned in BC. During the summer of 2023, 2.84 million hectares incinerated. Let's do the math. That's over 47 times more forest torched in a single year. Over a 4,700% increase year over year. Think about that. And then ponder what's coming later this year. Or should I say what's scheduled for later this year. Search this report title if you're willing to face what few want to know regarding the ever-increasing firestorms. Search Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, one of our most important reports. Better yet, again, search the entire Engineering Wildfires section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. From copernicus.eu, worrying lack of snow in the Pyrenees Mountains. The report says, like many other countries in Europe, France has experienced an unusually warm January with temperatures remaining above freezing in the French Pyrenees region and as a consequence, a lack of snow in the area. Some ski resorts have temporarily closed due to the almost complete absence of snow, while others have shut down for this year's ski season. But in the U.S., with the largest military in the world and three times more tanker aircraft than all of their militaries combined, snowstorms can be conjured up almost anywhere. From the San Francisco Chronicle, Bay Area may see snow amid coldest day this winter. Let's stand back a bit and consider this equation. We have parts of the Himalayas with no snow, but the Bay Area might get snow. And this week we saw snow as far south as northern Mexico while it was raining in North Canada. Does anyone think this is even remotely normal or natural? UN Climate Chief says this, world needs 2.4 trillion in climate finance annually to keep goals within reach. That's from ecowatch.com. Question, are the climate engineering operations a core part of that equation? You decide. Several U.S. states are currently attempting to pass anti-geoengineering legislation. This is important in the context of raising public awareness of the dire threat posed by climate engineering operations. Does any legislation anywhere have any chance of stopping climate engineering? No, for many reasons including the bottom line of total societal collapse that's now perilously close under any scenario. Again, the bottom line in this battle is reaching a critical mass of awareness in populations around the world, an awareness that includes the basic understanding that what's occurring in our skies is an extremely near existential threat on countless levels. Translation, what we face is a fight for life, nothing less. About the overall planetary meltdown from popularmechanics.com. Here's the headline. Some animals are desperately turning nocturnal, study shows. Why these creatures of the day are increasingly embracing the cover of darkness. Multiple studies from around the globe have now shown that as climate change makes daytime temperatures rise, animals tend toward nocturnal behaviors. This switch to nocturnal habits can, unfortunately, increase risks from predators. From goats to cheetahs, the shift is happening across the animal kingdom. No surprise, one small example of the total disruption of the equilibrium that once was and now no longer is. About the climate engineering fallout, along with other forms of pollution from the Washington Post, why you should protect your eyes when air pollution levels are high. About the answer, a short summary of this report, airborne pollution particles cause a long list of eye issues. Here's more denial from the National Institute of Health. Ocular surface irrigation 
Conjunctivitis and dry eye disease are the most direct results of air pollution, but what are they omitting? What massive source of extremely harmful particle pollution are they completely omitting? Based on our rain tests, working with an internationally recognized institution, hundreds of rain tests, and extrapolating from those tests how much is likely being dispersed globally, it's somewhere in the range of 40 to 60 million tons of toxic climate engineering nanoparticles, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene, and none of that is being officially acknowledged, let alone reported. And about the chickens, a.k.a. the food supply, from postgazette.com. Mentioned this earlier, and here's the follow-up. Avian flu is devastating farms in California's egg basket as outbreaks royal poultry industry. From PBS, avian flu devastates California's poultry farms as new wave of outbreaks destroys industry. From the LA Times, avian flu crippling California poultry farms. From Reuters.com, Bulgaria reports virulent bird flu at over 50 poultry farms. Also from Reuters, Hong Kong culls chickens and bans live imports after H7N9 found. From Newsbreak.org, egg prices surge amid fresh bird flu outbreaks. From NBCnews.com, as bird flu spreads to minks, sea lions, and other mammals, scientists are on alert for dangerous mutations. There's the warning, and here's the follow-up. From Gizmodo.com, World Health Organization warns bird flu could jump to humans. What a surprise. That wasn't hard to see coming, was it? The report then states avian influenza has recently been recorded, spreading among minks and other mammals. The World Health Organization has now acknowledged that could be very bad. That's the end of their statement. Take a moment to consider the now constant surfacing of new and ever more virulent pathogens. It just keeps going and continues to accelerate. Is it all just nature behaving badly or do the hundreds of level four biolabs all over the world have something to do with this equation? Labs that experiment with exactly the same elements that keep popping up everywhere all at the same time and getting worse. So is it reasonable and rational to connect these puzzle pieces? You decide. And what about the world's second most recognized geoengineer, Dr. Ken Caldera, former Department of Defense scientist who stated on the record, we have the recording of him saying it at geoengineeringwatch.org, what he did for the DOD was to design methods of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. Mr. Caldera, does that include chickens? But we can just catch more fish, right? Not so much. From voanews.com, study finds ocean heat waves could affect global food supplies. No, not could, long since has, along with the endless polluting of our seas. For those that don't know, global food fish populations are already down by 90% right now. Enjoy that toxic fish meal while you can. Plankton populations in the Atlantic down 90%. No plankton, no people. No fish, no people. No life in the oceans, no people. And the streams around the habitat preserve in which I managed it once held beautiful native trout, all gone. Streams now warm rapidly, fill with algae, everything's dead. Here's the bottom line, a new report from tyee.ca. The climate crisis may wipe out 6 billion people. Correction. What's unfolding is more correctly labeled an abrupt climate collapse. And it's not just 6 billion in the balance, it's all of us. The report states carbon emissions may continue to rise, the polar ice caps may continue to melt, crop yields may continue to decline, the world's forests may continue to burn, coastal cities may continue to sink 
under rising seas, and droughts may continue to wipe out fertile farmlands. But the messiahs of hope assure us that all will be right in the end, only it won't. That statement was from journalist Chris Hedges. One thing the climate crisis underscores is that Homo sapiens are not primarily a rational species. When forced to make important decisions, particularly decisions affecting our economic security or socio-political status, primitive instinct and raw emotion tend to take the upper hand. This isn't a good thing if the fate of society is at stake. Take hope, for example. For good evolutionary reasons, humans naturally tend to be hopeful in times of stress. So gently comforting is this word that some even endow their daughters with its name, but hope can be innervating, flat-out debilitating when it merges with mere wishful thinking. When we hope, for example, that technology alone can save us from climate change, or more correctly, abrupt climate collapse. Question, how's all that technology working out so far as we face extremely near-term extinction? It took 200,000 years for the human population to reach its first billion in the early 1800s. In other words, population growth was essentially negligible for 99.95% of human history. But when sustained exponential growth kicked in, it took just 200 years, one one-thousandth as much time for the population to top 7.5 billion early this century. This population explosion could not have occurred without abundant cheap energy, particularly carbon fuels. Obviously, other factors are involved, but energy is essential for humans to produce the food and acquire all the other resources needed to grow both populations and the economy. While human numbers were increasing by a factor of 7, energy consumption grew by a factor of 25, and real gross world production consumption, i.e., ballooned a hundredfold. The pace of change is unprecedented. The recent spurt of population, economic, and consumption growth that people today consider to be the norm actually represents the single most anomalous period in all of human history. Humanity is literally converting the ecosphere into human bodies. Prodigious quantities of cultural artifacts and vastly larger volumes of entropic waste. And that's what tropical deforestation, fisheries collapses, plummeting biodiversity, ocean pollution, climate change, etc. are all about. Homo sapiens, aka the human race, are currently approaching the peak of the plague phase of a one-off global population cycle and will crash. Because of depleted resources, habitat deterioration, and psychosocial feedback, including the coming probable wars, nuclear, over remaining resources, Mad Max on a global scale is already unfolding, but only in facing the oncoming storm, do we stand any chance of anyone making it through what's coming? Please forgive me if I ponder just for a moment a quote from the trilogy, The Lord of the Rings. I read these books in the seventh grade and they had a profound impact on me. The character Sam Gamgee was mild-mannered. He was cautious and very attached to his former very sheltered way of life. But in time, and due to circumstances that had summoned a deeply rooted and unshakable courage within the Lord of the Rings character Sam Gamgee, at the most difficult of moments, Sam said the following to his most dear friend that Sam had sworn to protect to the end, Frodo. Quote, I know it's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here. But we are. It's like the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? 
But in the end of those stories, Sam said, it's only a passing thing. This shadow, even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand at the time. Sam finishes with this, but I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I now know. Folk in those stories had lots of chances to turn back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something, that there's still some good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. Yes, And there it is, the bottom line, to never, ever let go. There's still some good in this world, and it's worth fighting for till our last breath. It's not over till it's over. Who can say or know what allies we may yet have in this battle that are not yet evident? But no matter what the case is, making the decision to do what's right because it's right will always be right. Remember that. If we can expose and halt the climate engineering assault, it would be the greatest and most immediate leap we could make in the right direction. But this effort will take all of us. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. We're playing the grandest game of chess. We must learn to play well. Please make your voice heard. Make every day count. This is our role. This is our mission. This is our purpose. We can yet make a difference. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.